Hello, good morning to everyone. Hope you're all okay and have managed to claw your way out of bed this morning. This is Real Reds Talk Audio, where the agenda will be discussing Manchester United, football in general, and topics you guys would like us to speak about. For anybody who doesn't follow us on socials or YouTube, we usually have around five shows a week with a variety of content you can watch, but sometimes, you know, people in general just want to listen to something rather than watch it, and I completely understand it. Um, I do the exact same thing when I'm in work, and that's why these platforms like Spotify and other audio platforms are great, because whilst you're on your way to work, or, you know, if you're on a school run or something like that, whatever your morning looks like, we're two taps away, and you can just zone out. So, for our first official audio episode, I'm going to be discussing Frankie de Jong as things heat up around that transfer, losing out to Darwin Nunes as Romano has recently given us the famous, here we go, and I'll also be discussing other potential transfer targets and questions sent in by you lot. So, should we start with de Jong? Guys, let's, yeah, let's start with Frankie de Jong. Where do we start with this uh, transfer saga? It almost feels like another Sancho-esque type of saga, right? Because we waited two years to sign him and he basically took all the excitement that comes with transfers. We know Manchester United are notoriously slow at doing deals. Like, it's it's well known. Um, but if there's ever a window where you should change that, it is without doubt the one where the most players are leaving and the most players are signing. Like, it's a massive, massive window. Um, for Manchester United, so we cannot afford um, to be slow. And with such a disgusting end to the season, the best thing to do was get Ten Hag in with a crucial signing. So we had something to smile about. Do you know what I mean? Um, we needed something positive um, straight away. And the Ten Hag thing, don't get me wrong, for the two weeks when he was getting announced and he did his interview and stuff, it was amazing. It's fresh. It's nice. But then it's like, what's the next thing? Do you know what I mean? That's our mentality as winners anyway. You win something, what's the next thing we go and win? We've got Tanag in the door, but who's going to be the first significant player to walk through the door? Um, and, you know, we, we, we sat here again two weeks into June and we've not even had one bid placed on a player. Just talks and monitoring and we're, we're scouting this player and blah, blah, blah. The usual kind of crap that comes out from United. So, yeah, me personally, I, I always get my hopes up when it comes to window. And, and in a stupid, naive way, I, you know, I, I completely confess to that, but... Because it's change, it's fresh faces, it's new ideas, you know, United are just so stale when it comes to being an efficient club in the market, we really are, um, it's so it's so frustrating, um, I don't even know why I get my hopes up, I don't know why I do it to myself, um, I always think, you know, it's going to change, it's like, you know, a guy who's who's got a wife who's cheated on him or whatever, you, you kind of... You, you keep telling yourself it's going to change, she's going to change, it's going to happen, you know, we're going to be happy, but sometimes you just need to part your ways and, and you know, kind of do, do your thing, but as United fans, we're loyal to the soil, as, as I would say, we're, um, it's, it's like our religion, we absolutely love the club, so we can only hope for change, and, you know, hopefully it's, it's started off slow at the moment, but, you know, hopefully it can change for the better, let's see what happens with that, um, but focusing on Frankie de Jong, you know, this guy is a player that's press resistant, has great football IQ, good ball carrier, composed and a solid passer of the ball. This man, without doubt, um, you know, would be the best midfielder at the club if we were to sign him. Like, on a technical front, he is significantly better than Fred or McTominay. The one question I would pose to you guys is how would the balance work if we signed De Jong? So many questions. Who would you play with him? What system is Ten Hag going to play? You know, what would bring the best balance? Are we going to sign another, you know, another midfielder to unlock him? Like, all these questions floating around in my head. This is what I keep, like, going round and round and round, like a roundabout with De Jong. 
And round and around and around and around we go. Tell me not. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, so the question I asked himself, yes, he would be an, a great asset and Tanag trust him completely. But for me, there needs to be a foundation for him to succeed. And maybe this is all going on behind closed doors. Who knows? I'm just sceptical because he didn't want to come initially. He was all these quotes coming out. You know, from an interview he did, um, and he, I think his father spoke for him as well, saying he loves Barcelona, um, he wants to stay there, it's his dream club and all this kind of stuff. Whereas obviously people in the know, well, he knew as well, let's be honest, that Barca were in really bad debt. He knows the, the financial situation, like 1.4 billion, I think it is, and they need to sell. That is, you know, the be-all, end-all of it. They need to sell him. Um, so that's why United continue to push on this. Um, but I don't want a player to join because he's been pushed from Barcelona. I want a player to join because he loves the club and he's hungry to play for us. If you look at our recruitment over the past 10 years, we have signed big-name players who didn't necessarily want to come to the club. The likes of Di Maria or you know players who have signed on massive wages and marketing, maybe someone like a Memphis Depay, we eventually end up at a point where we have to change it up. We have to change it up. We have to sign players for the right reason and because they'll make a difference. I'm not suggesting De Jong won't fit that bill, but I'm just sceptical. That's all I'm saying. I, I do see this deal probably being completed within the next few weeks and then the floodgates maybe will open for you know for outgoings and incomings. But it's just this drag. This absolute drag. You know, the window officially opened on the 10th, but people, City made that Haaland deal what feels like a month ago now whilst the season was just ending or whatever. And that's Erling Haaland. Do you know what I mean? Like, the biggest player on the market right now. And that was done, dusted, boom. So they've clearly been working on that for a while. Why haven't we been working on this young deal for a while? Do you know what I mean? Why haven't we been putting the foundations in place so when the transfer window opens, it's like, boom. Do you know what I mean? It's It doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, but sticking with transfers for a moment, so yeah, that's finish on De Jong there. Let me know what you guys think about that current situation. Whether we're going to sign him, how long you think it's going to take? Is he does he fit the bill? Let me know. Um, drop us a DM. Um, or yeah, we'll, we'll we'll interact with you guys constantly. Whatever kind of social media platform it is, whether it's TikTok, Insta, Twitter, wherever, just hit us up and let us know your opinions because like I said, we love interacting. But yeah, sticking with transfers for a moment, I want to talk to you guys about Darwin Nunes. Um, I'll try not to cry when I'm reading this out. Now, Liverpool have agreed a deal, obviously, with Benfica for 80 million euros plus 20 million in add-ons. And I cannot sit here and say I didn't want the player. Um, a few reasons. So, one, because I've, I've clearly been on you know, on a, on a show when I've said, I've really this is like my number one target. This is the guy I really want. Um, you know, I watched him in the Champions League. I watched him play for Benfica. And I genuinely believe there's a very good player there who can develop into a world-class talent. Uh, the price is a little bit high, considering last season he had like six goals and nine assists. But I suppose that's just you know that's the market these days. You think ten years ago, remember when Madrid signed Ronaldo from us for eighty million? That would have got you the best player in the world. Now eighty million buys you potential or a decent level player. Eighty million gets you Maguire. Hundred million gets you Jack Grealish. Like these kind of guys, it's potential and what you could potentially get, um, because the market's constantly rising. So in five years' time, if you know, if Liverpool feel like that Nunes develops in the way they obviously think he's going to do, then he'll be worth triple that or whatever or double that. So it's an investment as well as buying a player who's obviously going to be there um, for the club. So, yeah, this it's just the way the market's going at the minute. I'm not saying it's a great thing. I think the, the transfer of Neymar really blew that up, if I'm being honest. Like, that was just, just sent everybody crazy. 
um, and people are just charging ridiculous prices now and just throwing 150 million price tags on average players. It's it's nuts, absolutely nuts. Um, but yeah, Nunes, I, I thought it'd be perfect to dovetail Ronaldo. I thought he'd suit the Premier League really well. Now, obviously, Klopp seems to think the same, um, and that's the reason why they've signed him. If you look at Liverpool's record with signings, they rarely miss, like rarely miss. 90% of them seem to have a massive impact. So the thought of seeing Diaz, Salah and Nunes as a regular front three is just oh, extremely worrying because they was incredible last season and unlucky not to do the impossible, if we're being honest. You know, beat by Madrid, 1-0, uh, and then, you know, City scoring them three goals within five minutes, which... Uh, and it, it, Sorry, just going back to that Champions League final, in that first half, they would have put a few chances away. That would have been done and dusted. And I, I hate to be kind of... Big, not big enough Liverpool, but you know, making a case for him because it's true. If I'm if I'm taking my bias out of it, they were unlucky not to do the impossible, and that season, that's how the you know fans around the world will look at that season for them. So, but th this is just where my my frustration personally as a United fan comes because City have just signed Haaland, right? Which, no doubt, if that was us, we would be negotiating that deal until the end of August, and then we'd end up getting I don't know like Patrick Schick on loan or something. This is why we are miles off. Or miles behind this, these clubs because we're not we, we, we as a club are not well oiled at all on and off the pitch and until them decisions you know get sorted and um until the structure gets sorted which again everyone can you know, see, throw their hands up and say there they're doing this they're doing that they're getting rid of this guy they're sacking this guy um that's all you know fine and well but it's just what's that word there's just been a mouthpiece at the moment they're just saying they're doing stuff they're not actually doing it and, and that's where it matters. You know, actions speak louder than words. That's one of my favourite sayings. And I know it's a very cliche thing to say, but it is. It's true. Until we start being efficient in the market and getting these deals over the line, then why? what would give me a reason to believe otherwise? Do you know what I'm saying? Um, and I, I don't fully believe we can compete with the likes of City, Liverpool, Madrid's until we change as a club. You can bring in whatever manager you want. You can bring in whatever players you want. But fundamentally, until we change it upstairs... I don't see us changing at all. We'll probably just be, you know, uh, competing for top fours every year. That's the way it's going to go unless we change. Um, but if I was to make a prediction um, for Darwin Nunes and Han Haaland looking at these two guys, I feel, I feel like they'd be going for the golden boot, if I'm honest. Um, alongside Ronaldo. So in that sense, you know, from a goals perspective, we'll be okay. But where's the future in that? That's the question I'm left in my head um, going into this season. Like, yeah, that's great, 38 Ronaldo, 38 years old Ronaldo, would probably do that because the guy's just an alien. But then what about after that? What about the next two, three years after that? Who's going to come in? What even strikers are out on the market right now? Like, I'll ask you guys that question. Think to yourself right now. Give yourself 10 seconds, okay? Think around Europe, realistic targets, strikers. Who? Who is out there? Who you, you would be confident on coming in and doing a job and being the next number nine for us? which obviously at Manchester United is massive, massive pressure. So it's all good saying young strikers. Let's take an example like Jonathan David, okay? He's he's a good player, raw around the edges still, you know, a little bit inconsistent. You bring him in, the pressure mounts up on him a little bit. He has a bit of a dry spell and you just spent 60, 70 million on him. This is why you need to be careful. You need to, the scouting has to be absolutely perfect and spot on. And we haven't even been linked with any other strikers, have we? So who's it going to be? That is, that is a massive, massive question. Who are we going to sign as a number nine? Oh, we're not going to sign number nine. We're going to leave Ronaldo there and then bring someone who's versatile, like an Nkunku, 
who can play multiple positions and cover for that. Like, I just and then maybe go for the big number nine next season. I don't know. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I, feel, I really feel like we need a striker. Um, I was discussing with Dan the other day on on the show when me, Shreyas, and Dan um, were talking about you know players on international duty, how they've done and stuff. And I, and Dan was saying I'm happy to keep Ronaldo because he's fit all season, and I was like I understand that, but if Ronaldo has a massive injury. You know, during the so let's say the busy periods in November, December, who's going to play there? Because Cavani's going as well. Well, let's not pretend that Cavani was ever fit anyway last season. But Cavani's going as well. Obviously, everything that's happened with Greenwood is a police issue, so I don't want to talk about that. But if Ronaldo goes. We have we've got them. What play Rashford up top? Like that doesn't fill me with confidence at all. So I really feel like we need a striker, and it has to be the again goes back to the thing. It has to be the right guy. Has to be the right guy. Um, so yeah, that's that's done on Darwin Nunes and striker issues. Let's look at other potential targets, guys. So, on our YouTube channel um, a few days ago, I did a scout report looking at players like Bastoni um, and Sangare. These, you know, aren't players who we have solid links to apart from agents pushing it for him or whatever. You always see these stories. The same thing happens with like Milinkovic Savic and stuff. The agents are like, close to United, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff, when it isn't real. It's just them pushing it to try and get someone to buy it and bid, um, essentially. That's that's how transfers kind of work. You throw a big name in there, like Bayern Munich and United are looking at Savic, and then you get other clubs that are like, you know, with all due respect, slightly smaller, going, oh, maybe we'll have a look at this guy, or we'll throw a bid in, and etc. That's just, yeah, the whole kind of transfer circle. Um but yeah, these are players I think we should be looking at, particularly Bastoni and Sangare. They fit the right profile. If you look at someone, let's take Bastoni for example. His stats when I was you know doing my research were actually better than Rudiger's in quite a few departments. They both play in the exact well not exact same system, but a similar system with a back five, um, and they're both kind of ball playing centre backs. Um, great on the front foot. You know, he's left-footed, 23 years of age, probably going to be a mainstay in the Italian team with Benucci and Chiellini, you know, kind of hanging up their boots soon, you know, like 35, 38. Has everything you want in a modern defender for the price of 50 million. He may be worth having a look at if the Timber deal goes south. Now, Timber is a main priority. Don't get it twisted. He is a main priority for me. I want to get him through the door. He's a player... I, it always goes back to saying, like, these guys need to hit the ground running. I think if it's someone who uh, Tenag has worked with before, the percentage of that goes of them, you know, kind of being used to the system settling in will be quicker, right? Because Tenag's coached them before. He knows what they're all about. So, with that in mind, um, I do want Timber to be the main centre-back who we signed. But if that does go south, I think Bastoni is someone we should be looking at. He's perfect age. I think he wants a contract extension at Inter, but if they refuse to give it him, then it's, it's something we could look at. Um, another interesting player I was having a look at was Sangara for PSV. Um, again, relatively young, same age, 23 years old, looking to make that step up. Got man of the match in the cup final, by the way, against Ajax. So Tenag knows him really well. Um, great at the defensive side of the game. Will bring balance for the likes of De Jong and Bruno. Remember when I was talking about De Jong before, you know, unlocking him. He's someone who can do that. Isn't world-class at progressive football, you know, on a technical front, passing. He's at a decent level, but not like De Jong level, let's say. Um, but he is getting better and better in that department, and there's still room for growth. I think PSV want around £30 million for him, and that could be an absolute steal for a player that we are crying out for. Defensively disciplined, bags full of energy, and will do the dirty side of the game with no issues. Just take it off the back four, give it De Jong, boom. 
you know, intercept play, break-up play, throwing them crucial tackles, tactical fouls, um, do you know what I mean? Just link link between two classy midfielders and and the, and the defence. I think that's someone who, who we really need. But yeah, let, let me know um, your thoughts, guys, on, on these kind of players, whether you have someone else in mind I should take a look at, or just your general opinion on the window because I'm really interested to get a kind of percentage of where you guys are at with the transfers or who else you're looking at because I'm struggling when I look at list of midfielders strikers centre-backs the market this summer isn't massive for for players I, I can't think of like really good young players that are on the market like one player I really like and the guys on the channel will know this is Chumina who's just gone to Real Madrid I think he will be like like I was saying with Bastoni, I think he'll be like France's midfielder, main midfielder for the next ten years or whatever. He's already insanely good right now. Um, imagine him like in three four years time at Madrid when he's polished. He's he's won the Champions Leagues. He's won uh, league titles. Like he is going to be an insane player. And you know if United were competing at the forefront, there's no reason why we couldn't have gone in for him. But the situation that we're in right now. We didn't even stand a chance, you know. Madrid have just won the Champions League. They've got Camavinga there. They've got Valverde, and that's going to be the next three for them. That's going to be the next Casemiro, Modric, and Cruz. They're planning. They're pre-planning ahead. That's what professional, efficient clubs do. We don't do that. We've had McFred for years. The last decent midfielder we had really was Carrick, and we never really replaced him. So, De Jong to come in for him would be something I would like but yeah I'm, I'm not getting into the young things I've already spoken about him but yeah it's just it's 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 frustrating for United fans at the minute um, let's see what happens within the next few weeks um, let, let's get into a few quick fire questions then um, I'll take a look at a few of these so I'll go to the first one hi Nick who would be your top three signings realistic um, I'll go with Timber Nkunku, I think, is a fabulous player. I think he's done insanely good for Leipzig. And even in the Champions League, his stats, you know, incredible, considering the group he was in with PSG um, and City. So I'd take Nkunku, very versatile as well. I think versatility is going to be a theme that we need um, in this season due to, you know, needing so many positions to fill. Um, and Nkunku can play pretty much across, you know, all four positions across the line, across the attacking line, should I say. So... Yeah, Nkunku and De Jong, if he wants to come. I don't want a mercenary at, at, at the club. We've got too many of them. So, Timber, Nkunku and De Jong. Only if De Jong wants to come um, and feels like it's the right project for him. Um, let's have a look at another one. So, yes, Nick, how's it going? Thoughts on Paul Pogba's time? Now he's leaving, um, going to Juventus. For me, Pogba, inconsistent, injured a lot. Got bags full of talent, but I don't feel, feel like we, we are... I don't feel like we unlocked it with the right balance in midfield. And I feel like the worse the club got overall, the more people would aim their hate towards Pogba because he was an easy target, which isn't right at all. Um, but I do feel like he was one of many problems. And, you know, the whole letting him go for free, signing him for 90 million and letting him go for free is just embarrassing and magnifies exactly what I was talking about before with our recruitment and, and how we do it. Like, we are shocking. Absolutely shocking. One of the biggest clubs in the world, but one of the worst clubs in the world when it comes to recruitment and strategy. Um, terrible um, yeah I think I've got time for one more so let's do this one from Danny how's it going bro just what is your opinion on how you see next season playing out um, I think top four would be a good achievement honestly 
Um, especially our last season when I just there's, there's a lot of cobwebs we need to get rid of in this team. Uh, we have started shifting a few of them, but the new signings are going to need time to settle in as well. The new manager is going to need time to get used to the league. So I think the first six months will be trial and error as we try to find our way, as we try to find our system. Um, we'll get some good performances, but then some flat ones. So, you know, the graph will be up and down. I think players like Garner, Ganacho, and Ahmad will be pushing for a spot. I, th I genuinely believe they've got the talent and they've got the ability and they've got the, the discipline to go f far in uh, professional football. Um, and yeah, I think the football will be much better with Tenag having a pre-season under his belt, having a strong look at the players, um, fresh start, fresh faces, that's that's what we're going with. So I haven't got massive hopes of us winning like a trophy or anything like that, but it's all about patience and time. I don't want to start thinking into the future too far ahead. I know it's a hypothetical question, but I don't know, man. I just, I just want to see some positive smile, some positive football. Um, and players who actually want to play for the club rather than moaning and doing all this kind of shit and not tracking back and yeah discipline um, and progression that's what I want to see from next season so hopefully we can see that thank you for listening guys make sure you go attack the day make Monday your bitch okay I'll be back here again for the same time next week with fresh topics and brand new questions so make sure you join me for that and why not check out our YouTube channel if you have some time this week some really good content on there and um, there's four you know other really inter entertaining lads who, who work on a channel alongside me um, and they have some some really strong opinions as well so make sure you check that out have a great week and i will see you in the next one thank you for listening to real reds audio take care peace